Hey, welcome. Uh, this is uh, uh, Gary on Guns, and I'm pleased to tell you that a girl and a gun is represented <laughs> by Amy Hess. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Scott Van Kirk is here. Uh, he's also uh, with a girl and a gun. Uh, <laughs> well, he passed the physical anyway. Uh, but Larry Wayland is on board uh, Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Good morning, uh, Gary. Good morning. Uh, go ahead. Tell him about that rifle raffle one rifle more time. Rifle raffle. <laughs> it's a great way to raise some money for the uh, Columbia Professional Firefighters Local 1055. Tickets are $50, but that puts you in 52 weekly drawings. We're giving away a prize every Friday starting in uh, the first Friday in April. And running through the last Friday in March, $50 gets you in for 52 weekly drawings. Stop by Modern Arms and pick up a raffle, raffle ticket. Good idea. All right. We got show and tell coming up. We got some uh, uh, emails that uh, have come in from uh, the uh, from GaryNolan.com. Uh, and then uh, if you just turned us on, uh, just turn the radio on, we were talking about places you could hide a gun. Uh, and so far, the only one that really works, the one that uh, it strikes me uh, nobody will ever find the gun, is if you hide it under a pair of Scott's uh, underwear. It's uh, dirty clothes. No one will look through your dirty clothes. Uh, even a, a guest, uh, not Sometimes a guest. Sometimes I'm looking through them to find something to wear. Oh, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, not so good. Uh, anyway, uh, best, uh, the best thing I can think of, and I've, I've seen these, uh, these little safes, and I think you guys have them at uh, Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, they're uh, biometrics. They're all kinds of easy ways to get in, uh, and it's much better than uh, putting your firearm under Scott's dirty underwear. Yeah, that or just, in a uh, box of cookies not or whatever. Not a good idea. Cookies. No, what kind of no. cookies? Good. Since we're talking about cookies, what kind of cookies? Are you allowed to have cookies? Look how much weight you've lost, Larry. <laughs> we haven't talked about this. Is there a special kind of cookie you're allowed to eat? A, yeah, del delicious cookies. You know, right. just fewer, fewer cookies. This is the, I've never seen you this skinny, Larry. Wow. Ever. Never, ever. <laughs> how long have we known each other? Like how 20 years? You, how long have you been paying that much attention to Larry's anatomy? Well, Larry's huh? always been our, you know, he's always been Larry. He's... Yeah, of, I'm traditionally he, fluffy. Yeah. He's just a little fluffy. Little he's, fluffy yeah. he's shorter than the rest of us. And, you know, kind of, I don't know. Larry, you look good. You know, when yeah. I, when I, look I used you to do. be, when I, when I, when I turned <laughs> sideways, it was actually a little wider. Yeah. I, well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. There was more of Larry to love yeah. back then is what back I'm then, saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I got a, I got a, I just suddenly had a reservation about Amy and a, having a, a handgun. Because she just suggested that Larry looks good. <laughs> so I'm thinking... Her, judgment, her judgment is flawed. So yeah. Visually impaired. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, I, let's clarify that for Amy. He looks healthier. Yeah. Yes. 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 I don't think he looks any more attractive <laughs> to anyone, but I think he looks a lot healthier. Why do you say anything about attractive? <laughs> That's right. He looks, yeah. He looks healthy. You look healthy. <laughs> still, looks like his, still looks like his face got hit with a bag of nickels. Yeah. So, I mean, losing weight isn't going to yeah. change. That. Your, head looks, your head looks smaller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm down right. two hat sizes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find those square hats that yeah. fit you so nicely? Listen, Michael uh, sent a message. He, uh, he wants to know, when bringing a gun into a gun store for cleaning uh, or possible trade, what is the best, least offensive way uh, to bring it into the store? Thanks. Um, in, in a gun case? Um, is is optimum, um, and you know generally the protocol is hey you walk in with the gun in the case and you say hey 
I've got a firearm here I'd like you to take a look at. And you place it on the counter and you let the employees open the bag and they'll verify it's empty and then they'll start the conversation. Um, I really don't like it when people bring the gun in, in the bag even, and then they want to jab their hands in there while I'm still on the other side of the counter. Sure. Um, you know, just just uh, common courtesy there. You know, if, if you don't have a, a case for the firearm or a bag for it and you do want to do some trading, we ask you to just give us a call or drive to the store. Come in and say, hey, I've got a gun I'd like to trade. How would you like me to bring it in? And we'll, you know, we'll guide you through that. Um, you know, showing up with uh, a gun in your hand, um, waving it around is, is pretty offensive, I think, universally. Um, and will draw some probably unwanted attention. So just, yeah, not, yeah, not, just be courteous. Not a particularly good idea. Yeah, there you go. All right, let me, uh, let me get Mel in here on hiding your gun. Mel, good, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Gary. Uh, I've got the perfect hiding place for you. Under the cat litter in the litter box there at the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go, Gary, with the cat. You've got that going for you. Sure. Could I accidentally discharge the firearm and shoot them? <laughs> well, yeah. eh, never mind. You know, uh, they, they, they in there kind of scratching around. It might accidentally go off and take care of the cat problem. Yeah, you know what would happen, don't you? Uh, it would shoot me in the ankle, and it would be fine. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but not a bad idea there, Mel. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Young Gun Show. Uh, let's do show and tell before I get in more trouble with my bride. I... It's going it's going the wrong way. Oh yeah, hiding the gun thing. That was, that was the wrong path, Gary. Going to hell in a handbasket here. Tell me about this Sig Sauer P two thirty nine millimeter that you brought in the studio. Okay, so this this Scott is the needs uh, to leave it alone. This is the Max Michelle Competition Edition. Ooh, fancy um, world class shooter nice. that is uh, wow. uh he, he wins everything he shoots um but he's he's helped uh, sig design this uh the maximum cell signature p320 this is the tungsten infused polymer grip frame so it's got the weight of a steel frame gun but it still has the flex of a polymer gun so it's a very soft shooting full size nine millimeter um, wonderful aggressive cocking serrations all over the slide now this is pure optics only this gun doesn't even have iron sights on it uh as as designed by uh, by max michelle for for sig sauer a beautiful pistol um you know full-size competition gun this one, uh, we do have, uh, it comes with the SIG, uh, which generation of sight is that on there? Romeo? Romeo 3 Max. Max. Romeo 3 Max. Uh, and it's priced at thirteen fifty as a used gun. Beautiful, beautiful um, pistol. It'd be a great way wow. to um, show up at the range and, and win some competitions this year if you shot it as good as Max does. Or, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. This yeah. thing is great. I'm handing it to Amy because yeah. I'm so at a loss for words. It's got a wonderful magwell built onto it. Um, it is um, a very well-fit 320. Great trigger. That's a ra that is a race gun and that a is, half. That is a race gun. Yeah, that is, that is, um, that's ready, ready for competition. It's more than ready for competition. It's more ready for competition than I am. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> We've discovered the weak link. Not you, just the it shooter. It sounded like you just suggested it was Scott. I no, 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 no. The, the, it could the, be the me. The shooter's going to be the, the weakest link in, in this platform. <laughs> Which, in All this right. case, is me. In this yeah. example, In this example, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let me get Aaron in here. He's got a question, and uh, we'll see if we can get it answered. Uh, you can call 2-800-529-5572 if you're local, 874-9390. 
or go to GaryNolan.com, send a message. It pops up in studio. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. Oh, good deal. Uh, just a quick question for you. I was wanting to know, who would you recommend to have uh, my better half get a little hands-on training with some firearms? Fairly, uh, preferably pistols. Hmm. Hmm. I, huh. as, as I cast my gaze I about wonder. the room. I'd be happy out there. Hey, <laughs> Amy Hess of A Girl and a Gun. <laughs> yes. This would be a great resource. Uh, Amy, you do all kinds of training. You do uh, classes do. as well as one-on-one. I do. I am also a certified instructor. We have to be to be a facilitator. Um, so I offer all kinds of training. Um, I like to do a lot of privates, especially with the brand new shooter, um, just to ease their, their you know, their anxiety. Well, I you, guess you, I can, say. you can ask dumb questions in front of nobody, and it's a lot easier yes. than asking them in front of yes. a group, you and, know. And and not that any question's dumb, but you know, I, you just we're, we're, women you are can, more intimidated by that. Well, and, and, and you can meet people right where they are, mm-hmm. and 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 guide them through it from whatever base knowledge they have up to shooting in competitions. Right, so you, you've right. got the skill set to guide people through that process. And once they get that original, that that very first, know how to run their gun. You know, know how to load it, know how to show safe, know the safety rules, um, and just the... the Foundations. Just yeah. the basics. Then come to our Girl in the Gun events. We've got at least two a month that we get together, and it's all women. And um, we, sh- we learn, we shoot, we train. We've got uh, all skill levels. We really have a good time together, and it's a great place for women to meet other like-minded women. So, Aaron. There's your answer. How would, <laughs> how would Aaron's wife get in touch with you? You can email me um, at preparedandproficient at gmail.com. Or okay. you can go to the A Girl and a Gun website at agirlandagun.org and uh, find our chapter and go through. And, and I'm on there. You'll find one. You find our Columbia, Missouri chapter and just message me through there. Okay, wonderful. I'll do that. There you go. I look forward right. to it. All right. Thank, Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Aaron. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we've still got more on show and tell here, but we're going to have to move with alacrity. Uh, let's talk about this Glock 45. Yeah. MOS. So I brought in the, the Glock 45, which is chambered in 9mm. Thank you, Glock. Um, <laughs> this is the uh, modular optics ready Glock 45. So that is a the length of a Glock 19 slide with the grip frame of a Glock 17. So it makes a really nice combination, little shorter muzzle, um, full-size grip control, great guns. Uh, they're ubiquitous in the marketplace. It's nothing new from, from Glock, really, just a different size packaging. But it's a great product, and they're world-class reliable. You just can't go wrong owning a Glock. Good, good stuff. This next one is amazing to me because of the price. Uh, it's a Smith & Wesson, uh, the SD9. Yeah. Uh, and it's a 9mm? So this is the SD9 2.0. So this is actually a new release from Smith & Wesson. They have uh, changed the trigger mechanism in the SD9. They've changed the cocking serrations. Um, and it is a beautiful price point. This gun sells brand new for $300. Wow. Comes with a single 16-round magazine. And it just hits a wonderful price package uh, $300 has white dot sights on it, a great trigger, full-size 9mm that could work as a defense gun, as a range tool, as a carry gun. It is 
a, a just a wonderful price point from the Smith and Wesson Company. I'm glad that they've revisited the 2.0 or revisited the SD9. It's been in production since the 80s as the Sigma, um, but in the, the the newest version of it, SD9 2.0, $300, brand new, beautiful pistol, has a light rail on it, and it, it's it's fully equipped, ready to go. Uh, it coming up uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, from uh, Gun Owners of America, Luis Valdez is going to be with us. Uh, he uh, is former law enforcement, uh, Miami native, first generation born American of Cuban parents. Uh, grew up uh, around shooting and hunting, uh, collecting firearms. We'll talk about law enforcement. We'll talk about Kansas City uh, and and uh, the Second Amendment. All coming up just a short, short while from now. On Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. Uh, if you uh, want to send a message, you can do this by going to uh, GaryNolan.com and uh, your message will pop up in studio. Uh, we've got uh, more show and tell. We'll get to it in just a minute. Uh, but I got a message here, uh, Amy, and this is, uh, is there an age requirement? My 14-year-old daughter just got a 22 and training would be useful. We do, um, in our Girl and Again, we do have youth members. To be a youth member, you have to, your, your parent, your legal guardian, your, your mother, <laughs> um, or your father, either one, must be a member of a Girl and a Gun. And then that parent or legal guardian must be within arm's length of, the, of that youth member while she's shooting. So you got rules, but mm-hmm. they can... They can join as long as 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 long as the parent feels like they are mentally and emotionally able to to handle the situation, you know, and to handle a firearm, you know, just mentally mature enough. Then, yeah, it's great. How old are you in the fifth grade? How how, how old are you? At the, uh, the ten or eleven? Yeah, ten or eleven. I, because I went to uh, summer camp. Oh, <laughs> you one? You uh, fourteen or fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> So excited getting out of the second grade, I cut myself shaving. Is that, is that where we're going here? Yeah. Uh, but I remember we we went to uh, summer camp, uh, and they gave us uh, twenty two rifles and taught us to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were we were pretty young. And yeah, but you, you, know, know, you only had the one shot before you had to then yeah, get the, the, the rod out lock. and yeah, 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 put the powder yeah. down and tamp it. How and then, trite. Yeah, how much damage could you cause with one shot? How trite. <laughs> uh, just over and over the same cheap insult. And besides, I could tamp that pretty damn quickly. I was, <laughs> I was good. Well, having just come away from the Revolutionary War, I can understand. <laughs> Yeah, I, I called Washington George. I didn't hear we were, we were that close. <laughs> All right, uh, the, the, uh, back to show and tell. The SIG P320. Yes, uh, so this is the M18 version. This is the uh, the Marine Corps version of their, their new service pistol. Uh, the SIG M18 is based on the 320. Uh, the the big mil, big army ha- uses the M17, the full size version. The Marine Corps went with the more compact, 17 round capacity, uh, beautiful guns. These are flat dark earth and bronze. They're optics ready. They come with Sig night sights already installed on the gun. Wonderfully packaged. Hits the retail price point at 650. One of the things I really like about this, and the customers are super excited to see, is this M18 version has the manual thumb safety. Uh, you can buy a, a SIG 320 without a manual thumb safety. 
If you want the manual thumb safety, it is an option that you can buy. Uh, the military chose that, and that's why the M18 has uh, both all of its internal passive safeties as well as the external mechanical thumb safety. Uh, and these uh, are available at... Uh, at Modern Arms over at the Brown Station location. Yeah, you can come see us and we'll sell you a raffle ticket and get you entered for the firefighter's drawing and uh, be happy to sell you any of these guns or... I don't know. Scott might be buying this one. I'm not sure. Oh, no, I don't okay. need another service pistol. I need another <laughs> revolver. <laughs> I need a service revolver. That's what I need. I need an M17 and 45 ACP. 45. Yeah. Well... Everybody is talking about the Super Bowl, uh, the champions uh, here at Kansas City, and uh, the the subsequent tragedy that uh, unfolded uh, just a couple days ago. And we'll we'll talk about that uh, in uh, just a few minutes. But one of the other uh, topics of discussion is Travis Kelsey, who, by the way, it was uh, born and raised in my hometown of Cleveland Heights, Ohio. And he apparently was chatting about uh, gun violence after some shootings in Cleveland wrecked uh, the community that year. Kelsey opened up on what he believed, uh, and that was uh, written uh, at Cleveland.com. That's the Cleveland pain dealer, uh, the local uh, newspaper. He said, gun violence uh, rips my heart apart. Uh, my heart apart, I have to side with LeBron James on this one. Uh, there need to be more strict gun laws especially when toddlers are dying. Um, Larry, what gun laws do you think would have prevented gun violence in any city in the country? Um, they, they haven't. You, you can't write that law. Uh, Come on, Amy, give us a sensible yeah. gun law. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. Well, Scott must know a sensible yeah. gun law. Well, we couldn't. Force criminal statute as it existed. Oh, hold criminals accountable for their activity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that incarcerate them. Well, I didn't want to use that them, nasty A them, word, accountability. Yeah, get them off the streets. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, right, uh, right. It's, right. it's unfortunate. Right. That, that, and given and given LeBron's uh, anti-law enforcement stance, I don't imagine who's going to enforce those laws. That'd be my pa question. pass laws, <laughs> but don't enforce them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe laws. those militia people. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, We're, you can't even act like you're law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. That's, so I don't yeah. know who's going to... No. You pass the law and then it just stops is how that works. Yeah, because yeah. there won't they be anybody... They pass that law, what happens to a girl and a gun? Well, it, yeah, no, it's it, gone. It would, yeah. it would eliminate it's, it's training. Right. Yeah, yeah, no training. training. That's right. That famous, that famous militia group, a girl and a gun. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we're addressing Don't the real sure. problems. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Focusing on the real issues. <laughs> yeah, with training, they could be dangerous. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, I didn't say they wouldn't yeah. be effective. Just it's yeah. not known as a large uh, paramilitary yeah, for, organization. Oh, right. Right. Our yeah. conference coming up in in April, our national conference out in Grand Junction, Colorado. We've got 700 women nice. registered to go to this conference, and that oh. doesn't include your instructors and your wow. volunteers and all that. All training simultaneously, and most of our most of our classes are range classes. Nice! Wow! Wow! That is wow. impressive. Mm -hmm. Girlandagun.org. dot org. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, right after these important messages, Luis Valdez is going to be with us. Gun owners of America, on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome! Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, if you want to send us a message, it'll pop up in studio. If you go to GaryNolan.com. 
Uh, no cookies, uh, no advertisement. It's just a way for you to communicate with us or call us toll-free at 800-529-5572. Uh, Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Good I've, uh, I've instructed Scott Van Kirk to not say a word because of all the insults on my age. <laughs> um, and I'm you, confident you, that he won't talk for the rest of the segment. You shut him down completely. No, no microphone access. That's yeah. Good. And uh, Amy Hess on board, a girl in a gun. Hi. Uh, also, yeah, glad to have you with us as well. Uh, listen, uh, our guest is a uh, Miami native. He's a first-generation American, uh, Cuban uh, parents. Uh, he is, uh, he's been around shooting and hunting and collecting firearms for uh, apparently a, a lifetime here. He's a veteran police officer. He is also the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America, the, uh, the organization I argue that really is fighting uh, for your Second Amendment rights, he is Louis uh, Louis Valdez, and uh, he is with us now. Louis, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing very good. Thank you for having me on the air. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, Kansas City, uh, you know, right down the highway from us here, uh, just uh, had an awful event uh, after their uh, Super Bowl celebration. Uh, and Louis, it, it, we were impressed because uh, I, I think they went three, maybe four minutes before they brought up gun control. Uh, as the solution to the problem. I, I was actually amazed. Usually they just go right into dancing in the blood on the street before it even cools. So for them to hold off three to four minutes, that shows a lot of restraint on their part. Yeah, we were all, we were all impressed. And they always tell us, Lewis, we need just some common sense gun laws. Uh, and I, I queried uh, the uh, the table here this morning. And none of us could come up with anything that was common sense beyond just arresting criminals uh, and enforcing the laws we've got. Uh, can you add to that? Well, yeah, here's a, a, a simple fact I learned in 15 years of being a cop. Criminals are criminals because here's the shocking news. They break the law. Last I checked, murder has been illegal since Hammurabi wrote it on a stone tablet thousands of years ago. <laughs> People still do it. And the idea that any gun control policy, law, edict, whatever they want to call it, common sense, not common sense, crackdown, it only hurts the law abiding because, again, criminals break the law. Um, if you look at the most draconian states in the country, New York, California, Illinois, for instance, you know, they've had the craziest gun control laws on the books. And does that stop gangbangers? Does that stop thugs? Does that stop criminals from being criminals? No. The only thing it does is it stops the law-abiding public from being able to, one, exercise an inalienable God-given right that they're born with, two, defend themselves, and three, be able to be safe in public because... Here's another shocking relevation. The, uh, the chief of police during one of the press conferences said, oh, we had over 800 cops on scene. Guess what? When seconds count, cops are minutes to an hour away. And I say this as a former law enforcement officer. We are reactionary. We show up after the fact to gather the information to hunt down the perpetrator of the crime. Government will never prevent crime from happening. And government will never keep you safe. The only thing that keeps you safe is yourself. We talked about this briefly when the program opened uh, this morning uh, about what firearm might have been used. Had you heard uh, any firearm being identified as uh, being involved in this uh, shooting? 
from one of the supposed uh, on-scene photos, it looked like it might have been a a, a, a home-built AR pistol, um, which, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. They're not extra deadly. You have hundreds of thousands to millions of them in circulation with law-abiding gun owners. So nothing particularly shocking about this. The AR-15 and its derivatives are one of the most popular platforms in all of America, and again, there's millions of them in circulation owned by law-abiding public. But uh, my understanding is, is that these were two criminal thugs that had a long rap sheet as juveniles. And guess what? The laws on the books didn't stop them. They didn't care. They went on being thugs. And that's what it is. We don't have a gun problem. We don't even have a crime problem. What we have is a prosecutorial problem. We have... I don't know what they call them in, in your guys' uh, neck of the woods, but here in Florida, we call them state attorney's office. I know up in other parts of the country, they're district attorneys or prosecutors. But in the end, there's a revolving door policy with this no-bail, low-bail plea deal attitude where all of these hardened thugs are let loose on the streets. That's the problem. We're not going after thugs. We're not putting them where they belong, behind bars. Yeah, uh, it's frustrating. We, uh, Larry, what is that uh, that prosecutor we had in uh, St. Louis last year? She was. Uh, oh, yeah, you I put me on the re- spot, and I'm not going to. She come was up with a her George. Name. She was a George Soros appointed. But yeah, it was it was uh, eliminating cash bond and you know letting letting people uh, go after they're after they're charged, and uh, you know she just was not taking things, not taking a hard line on criminals. And, and that people need to be held accountable for their actions. And if they've chosen a path of, of criminal behavior, they, they need to be held accountable. And that means incarcerated. And that doesn't mean let back on the street very quickly to, you know, rearm themselves and commit additional crimes and continue to victimize the law-abiding people. Again, it, as, as, as Lewis says, it, it's, it's a it's it's not a law enforcement problem. It, it's it's the prosecuting system that isn't um, able to deal with the capacity or doesn't have the the political will to hold people accountable for their criminal acts. You know, Amy, the one thing I knew when I heard about this shooting mm-hmm. was that it wasn't uh, a concealed carry permit holder. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I did I, I didn't have to wait for any more of the story. I knew instantly. That that this was not a law-abiding uh, Second Amendment, su- mm-hmm. uh, amendment supporting uh, concealed carry permit holder. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that you know that are that are going to follow these new laws too. That you know they're all wanting to implement. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis is uh, as I pointed out uh, with Gun Owners of America, uh, and I got to commend you guys because uh, you've been less a political organization and more a group that's been fighting for the Second Amendment. Uh, and it's everything from uh, bump stocks to uh, well, you name it. Uh, you you guys have gone to court. You've done the hard work. Uh, I I was um, I'm I'm just curious about this because the president went to another uh, firearms organization and got a great uh, the former president Trump uh, got a great response. And I thought, didn't he ban bump stocks? Did you know why? Why, why would you su- support uh, that? Um, you guys don't do the politics so much. You just do the court work. You do the legwork. Well, it's very simple. 
gun rights is a civil rights. It's a civil rights issue, and we don't carry political water or baggage for any party or politician. We call out the facts. Look, I live in Florida. I'm the Florida State Director. Our entire policy works on um, confrontational politics. And to break it down, it's real simple. When they do good, we thank them. When they do bad, we spank them. And then, like, with the case of uh, my governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, he did good with signing permitless carry, permitless concealed carry into law. We thanked him. We went up to him. We asked him, hey, where do you stand on open carry? Since Florida is one of the only states in the country that bans it, it's the only Republican state in the country that bans it. And he said, I absolutely support it. Well, this year we got an open carry bill introduced in the Florida legislature. The Republicans have killed it. The governor's been silent on it. We're calling out the governor saying, hey, you said you support it. There's a bill. Why aren't you supporting it? And it works on the same thing on the national level. When Trump was doing good, we thanked him. When he did bad, we went after him. We will not carry someone's political baggage. We're not there to carry their water. This is a civil rights matter. And it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Hispanic, gay, straight, Asian, Christian, Muslim, atheist, or even what side of the political aisle you're on. You are an American. You have the right to keep and bear arms. And we will fight and we will defend and we will restore those rights. No more, no less. Lewis, I'm up against the clock. Can you hang on for just a couple of minutes? We get the stop set out of the way and then uh, wrap up a conversation with you. Gladly can. All right. Lewis Valdez, he is with us from Gun Owners of America. Larry Whalen is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And, of course, Amy Hess is with us from A Girl and a Gun. Hello. I'm Gary and Gun. Hey, welcome. Amy Hess is with us. A girl and a gun.org. Good morning. Uh, Larry Whalen is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. And Louis Valdez is with us, and uh, that is Gun Owners of America. He is a Miami native, first generation American, Cuban parents, uh, and uh, former law enforcement. Uh, and I am curious, curious, I'm not curious, Lois, I'm curious, about uh, your involvement in, in uh, the shooting uh, uh, world. How old were you when you started shooting, and did your parents encourage you? Uh, how'd that start? Oh, it, it started at a very early age. One of the earliest memories I have is going out with my father when I was about four or five years old with a Beretta 21A in 22 rimfire and shooting it under his control. And then um, when I was about five, six years old, getting my first shotgun, it was a New England Firearms 20 gauge. I still have it to this day, and I still use it at the trap and skeet range. But uh, I remember going out duck hunting with my dad, and I was standing on the levee at the end of the hunt, and he loads it up, and he goes, okay, you know what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I shoulder it up, and, you know, I'm five, six years old. This thing is huge for me at the time. I crank <laughs> off around. It knocks me on my butt. The hammer scratches my cheek and he looks at me and he goes, oh my God, he's going to be, he's going to hate guns for the rest of his life. I got up and looked at him like, let's do it again. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, I've been, I've been collecting, I've been shooting. Um, in my teenage years, I got really big into collecting military surplus arms. So, uh, Mausers, Enfields, Carcanos, Arasakas, Garands. Uh, and in my adult life, I became a, went into the Army and then became a cop and got heavily into Glocks and Berettas and AR-15s and 
now that I've hanged up the badge, I mostly carry uh, revolvers. It's kind of an interesting thing. I shot revolvers as a kid with my father, and I'm back to carrying um, Smith & Wesson snub nose K-frames and, and L-frame guns. Man, I, I, right after Scott Van Cook's Yeah, right fire. after Scott left. Yeah, yeah. Scott. Right. He's in that revolver <laughs> renaissance himself. He's also former he, he's military yeah. and former law enforcement, and he's into wheel guns, too. Um, does your father's background... Now, your father, I assume, was born in Cuba? Yes. Uh, when Did uh, did that influence him uh, with regard to uh, shooting when, when you uh, guys got here, when he, when he moved here? Um, it, it somewhat did. My father grew up in South Florida hunting and shooting. Uh, my Uncle Mario uh, was a big advocate of gun ownership. Uh, he actually came over... My family came in 1961, but my Uncle Mario came over a little bit earlier. Uh, he took part in a little uh, government-funded uh, beach vacation called the Bay of Pigs Invasion. Mm. So my family has been very proactive on gun ownership, and I'll never forget as a young kid what my uncle told me. He says, look, unarmed people are slaves to the state. Armed people are free, and that's been the honest truth. And as for my father... He was shooting all of his uh, teenage life as a, when he became an adult, he became a cop, he became a competitive shooter, got into uh, competitively shooting revolvers, then he was one of the first cops in South Florida to adopt a Glock. This was in uh, the early, early 80s when most agencies were still carrying revolvers. He said, nope, I see the plastic fantastic, I know where the revolution's going, and that's what led to me shooting. Shot, shot revolvers, wow. Glocks, Berettas, you name it. Wow, that is an amazing, amazing history, isn't it? I love it. Oh, I do, too. Uh, all right, so Gun Owners of America, how, when did you get involved with them? I got involved with Gun Owners in America at first in 2018 when the Parkland situation happened. Um, I was a full-time police officer at the time. I was trying to help organize a uh, pro-gun rally and uh, fighting the Parkland gun control bill that the Republican legislature was pushing through. Because prior to that, I was active as a private citizen. I would go to the Capitol, I would speak before the legislature, things of that sort. But Parkland really was the tipping point. Um, I contacted GOA. GOA said, hey, look, we're, we'll come down to Florida and we'll help in every way, shape, and form. And from 18 to 20, I was GOA's eyes and ears. Um, I was still a full-time law enforcement officer, but I was plugged into the legislature. I knew how the legislature moved. I knew who all the players were, so I would give them information. And in 2020, during the pandemic, I hanged up the badge. And part of that was because I we just had our first uh, kid born. Uh, we have a little girl. And I didn't want my daughter to go through what I went through as, as a kid growing up. My father was a full-time police officer. He missed nights and weekends and holidays and special events, things of that sort. So... I hanged up the badge, and GOA's Eric Pratt, uh, our executive vice, our senior vice president, as always, he called me to see what's going on in Florida, and he asked, of course, how's the family doing, how's work doing, and when I told him, no, I hanged up the badge, I'm going to go into private uh, practice as a PI for the insurance industry, he says, no, you're not, you're going to be a Florida State Director. <laughs> there you go. And Recruited right I, away. I kind of looked at my phone, and it was one of those, like, get out of town, man. There's got to be someone better. And he goes, no, I want you to run our operations in Florida. And I've been doing it ever since, and I'm now also a national spokesperson for for GOA, and I also op handle uh, operations for outreach in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
And Lewis? in the end, GOA is the only no compromise. Yeah, I'm and that's really proud to represent the organization on that. That's why I started sending my money to them. Uh, you are welcome in this program anytime, Lewis, and I appreciate your coming on board with us this morning. Well, it's a pleasure to be on the air with you fine group of folks, and I love the fact that you are a shining beacon of liberty in these dark and troubled times on the airwaves. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for giving GOA a voice on your platform. Anytime, Lewis. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. Uh, listen, uh, we've got uh, several firearms that Larry Wayland uh, brought in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And uh, if you could very quickly rush through well, not rush through rush it, but just uh, run through it okay. anyway. So we brought in the uh, the Glock 45, which is chambered in 9mm. That's the 19-length uh, slide with a 17-length grip frame. MOS version of that. Brand new gun. Sells at 625, it looks like. Uh, we brought in the Smith & Wesson SD9 2.0, an updated uh, SD product from Smith & Wesson, 16-round magazine capacity. Love this product. Sells brand new at $300. Great wow. price on that. And then we brought in two Sig Sauers. Brought in the uh, Sig Sauer 320, the M18 version, the military version that the Marine Corps chose. Uh, and that sells brand new at five. I'm sorry, at six fifty. Got my dyslexia this morning. I gotta love that. Um, the other SIG 320 we brought in was the Max Michelle version of their competition series, the SIG P320 with the tungsten grip frame. So they took a, a tungsten powder and fused it with their polymer grip frame. So it's a very heavyweight, soft shooting, full-size competition gun. This gun is set up optics uh, exclusive uh, with the Max Michelle Optic uh, Romeo 3 on there. A beautiful range toy is going to make somebody a wonderful competition gun this season. Sells at thirteen fifty. Uh, I mean, uh, just some uh, remarkable firearms, and uh, you can get them at Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. <clears throat> and you guys will be open. Uh, yeah, ten to six Tuesday through Saturday. Pretty easy to find us. Can't go wrong there. And a rifle raffle. Yes, a chance <laughs> to help the Columbia Professional Firefighters Local ten fifty five. Tickets are available now. Our first drawing starts the first Friday in April. It goes for 52 consecutive weeks. We give away 26 guns, 26 non-gun prizes. And even when you win, your ticket is put back in. Every ticket's in every drawing all year long. And Amy S. is with us, a girl and a gun. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Girlandagun.org. Ladies, get involved. We got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.